Hello everyone, I'm Denise Boggs, and I want to welcome you as we journey together through Healing the Heart. We're still going to be working with this parable that Jesus gave us in Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. Jesus sows the word. The sower sows the word. And some places, the word of God falls on. <laughs> Listen where it says. It says, some seeds beside the road, the wayside, the wayside, okay? Beside the road. And then the birds came and ate it up, ate it up. So in other words, there was no understanding at all of that word, and the enemy just takes it, eats it up, takes it, takes it, the birds. Okay, other seed fell on rocky, stony soil. Okay, let's talk about that a minute. The stones in our heart can form as children, and we don't even know it. We don't even know it until, let's say you're an adult, you're sitting in a service, you're hearing the word, and you, you hear it, and with joy, you're like, wow, that's a good word. I got to hold on to that word, but you can't hold it. You can't hold on to it because then Monday, Tuesday comes along, and just the everyday life pressure that the hope of that word that you heard Sunday begins to just kind of wither away. Pressure has a way of doing that, stealing the word from you. But it's because the minute the word is sown, if it doesn't take root in your heart, if it takes root, you hold it, you hold it. And then look here, it says here in verse 23, the one whom, whom the seed was sown, on good ground, the good soil. This is the one who hears the word and understands and grasps it, the word, okay? I love that. He indeed bears fruit and yields some a hundred times as much as was sown, some 60 times as much, and some 30 times as much. All right, that's pretty powerful. I know when I first got this revelation, I'm sitting here thinking all the word I had heard, I'd been in seminars, I'd been in churches on Sunday, a message, I'd been listening on TV, you know, revivals, the whole thing. But I'm looking at my life to see how much is being, how much fruit is being produced by the word I've received. And so when you look at your life, I want you to see your life like a tree and see what is being, what is the fruit on your tree? What's the fruit that's being produced from your life? What's the fruit? Okay. Is there a continual joy and peace and patience and kindness and self-control and the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit is being produced no matter what's going on, you still got the fruit there, the joy is there. Long-suffering, gentleness, patience, 
Self-control is a, ooh, that's such a good fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, okay? Is that being produced? Or is the anger, jealousy, okay? Is, um, is there competition being produced? Hmm. Is there um, entitlement? Do you have entitlement as a fruit in your life? Fruit would indicate, okay, what, what is being produced kind of on an ongoing basis, what's produced, okay? Fruit. Like if you go up to an apple tree, you're not, the, the apple tree is producing apples. You know it's an apple tree. You know the, the tree by the fruit it produces. So when someone comes up to you, What's the fruit on your tree? What are you known by? Are you known because you're impatient? Are you known by you're angry? Um, you always have entitlement. Everybody's against me. Everyone's doing me wrong. I, you know, I, and, and have you got that going on? All right. So what's on your tree, what's being produced, will let you know what's at the root. Okay? It'll let you know. And if there's stones in your heart, it blocks the flow of the love of God so it produces the wrong fruit. Then the, the, the fruit is not being produced that you want to be known for, okay? Now, I just want you to hear this. Where there is fruit, there's a root, okay? Fruit to root. We're going to trace from fruit, what's on the tree, to the root of it, to the root. Now, I'm gonna go back to my story again. Okay. One of the one of the fruits that was being produced in my life was control. Oh my goodness, control. Because I felt so insecure growing up. My dad left at nine. We had to take care of ourselves. I judged him, and I vowed I'll never trust again. I'll take care of myself. So that's 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I am learning some awesome skills on taking care of myself. Awesome skills that I think are pretty cool, you know. I can take care of myself. I was even applauded by my aunts. Oh, boy, she can take care of herself. And I thought that was good until I got married. Till I got married. The fruit of my tree was being produced from a vow I made. I'll take care of myself. And that fruit was control. I'm gonna take care, I'm gonna control my environment because I'm feeling on the inside very insecure when I'm nine. So I'm gonna take care of myself. So what I'm trying to help you see is from the pain of childhood. You adapt, okay? You adapt ways of thinking, ways of feeling, and structures of behavior. And it, it produces fruit. It's a, it's a daily production of fruit every day. I feel insecure, so I am going to take care of myself and show you. I'm not going to depend on you. I'll take care of myself. So I controlled situations out of my own feelings. Now, my husband and I are called into ministry. 
but I'm still living out of pain. I can't carry out the purpose God had for me because I'm still operating. Did you hear that? Operating out of the pain of the past. Every day, I'm going to take care of myself. That was a fruit on my tree, a fruit on my tree. And it's not noticeable, it wasn't noticeable to anybody that there was anything wrong with it because I'm going to tell you something. In our culture today, women, women taking care of themselves, I don't know what you call it, but it's, I'm in control, I got this, I can do this, I don't need you. All of that mindset was a part of even the culture. So nobody's noticing. But I'm quenching the Spirit of God every day because, well, God's divine order in the home was being broken every day. God's divine order in our marriage, in our home. And it came from my pain, but I couldn't even recognize that there was anything wrong with it, okay, until I began to realize, I began to realize I'm controlling everything, so I'm quenching the Spirit of God and the love of God. It's not flowing through me. I'm in control. I'm in control. And there's something wrong with that. I'm not being led by the Spirit of God. I'm being led by my insecurity, my pain, my vow. I'll take care of myself, vow. That's a vow. That was a vow. I'll take care of myself. My dad leaves. So I'm going to take care of myself. Now, I may be speaking to someone out there. Did you know that the pain of your past will affect you and carry you through life? And listen, you may acquire some great skills of coping with pain, but you're not living out of purpose. You're living out of pain. So I want to encourage you to go to our website, livingwatersministry.com. Look at the workbooks, okay? Now, I'm, I've been talking about Stony Heart. I've kind of mentioned a little bit vows that you make. It's in the Stony Heart workbook. I've talked just a little bit about the structures of behavior that you, that you develop just to cope with pain, Okay? That's also in Healing and Restoring the Heart, that book. Okay, because structures of behavior, I'll take care of myself, comes out of a vow, but then I acquire that structure of control. Control. Okay? Now, I want to tell you something. Healing is a process and it's a journey. And as I'm talking, I know I'm triggering some pain, and I'm also maybe triggering, and my prayer is that you want to lay these stones in your heart. You want to release them because you don't want to be led by pain anymore. You want to be led by the Spirit of God so that no matter what somebody says or does, it doesn't trigger you anymore. It doesn't trigger you. You don't have to control anything. It changes your whole life when you release stones out of your heart. That's our goal. Creating me a pure and a clean heart, O oh Lord. Renew a right spirit within me, God. 
David prayed, search me, Lord, know my heart, know my heart. You know, you may not even know your heart until you go back to the pain of your past and see if there's still some pain there. David said it this way in Psalms 32, verse 5. He said, let's go back to verse 3. He said in verse 3, he said, When I kept silent, my bones waxed old through the roaring all the, all the day long. That means it even affects your body. The pain, the hurt, even the ang- roaring all the day long. I would say that's a little bit of anxiety, roaring. Uh, anger, roaring could be hmm, uh, frustration, disappointment, roaring all the day long. But I kept silent. I didn't talk about it. You got to talk about it. You got to deal with this stuff. You got to release it. There's a way to release. Got to release the pain. You know, you can say you've forgiven, but but if you've never released the pain of what you went through, the pain is still roaring on the inside. So that's verse three. But verse five says, I and and this is in the classic. I think it's the classic amplified. But I began to unfold the past until all was told. Unfold it. We've got to unfold it. We've got to lay it out and unfold it, looking at what you lived through. It was painful. Unfold the past so that you can heal from it. God bless you. And I want to say to you, Jesus came to heal your broken heart, to set you free from that pain. The pain should not define who you are today. He came to heal you and set you free. In Jesus' name, God bless you.